podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries. Hello, this is Dr. Marilyn Gardner with the United States Distance Learning Association, and thank you for joining us for our weekly podcast. Our podcast this week is entitled, What Works in K-12 Video Conferencing Programs? And we're thrilled to have Dr. Evelyn Nelson Weaver with us today, who has been very involved in Broward County's online learning programs. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. This is a real privilege. Many of you may know Dr. Alison Weaver's work. She has been in education for over 25 years and in the last 10 years has been very involved in distance learning as a full-time distance learning teacher with Broward County Public Schools, and that's in Florida, in case you didn't know. And she is also an adjunct professor for Nova Southeastern University. That's an incredible university. I know a lot of people who work there. You must enjoy it. Oh, I do. And teaching online is very rewarding. Great. I guess what I'd like to start first to give people a little a bit of a background on Broward County. I'd first like to start maybe talking a little bit about video conferencing programs in general. I know Broward County is one of the forerunners in using it for elementary education. Could you kind of give the, the landscape of video conferencing programs used in K-12 across the country and how it's generally used in Broward County? Well, there are not very many weekly classes provided for elementary school students across the United States. We're a pioneer in that in Broward County, but many schools that do have video conferencing equipment use the equipment to access virtual field trips, which are very abundant in the United States and in fact around the world. But we find that the programs that we create for our own students' population is very, very successful and hopefully others will want to replicate it. Wonderful. Well, I'm sure after this podcast, you're going to receive a lot of phone calls. First, I thought it would be important just to talk about the school district and how did you actually get involved in developing a video conferencing program? I'm sure people have thought about it, but are just not sure where to begin and how to begin. Well, Broward County Public Schools began their video conferencing program with a grant project. The task before the district was to provide all high school students with equal access to advanced, that's AP, advanced placement Uh courses. In our very large and diverse district, there were small schools without enough AP students to warrant hiring a teacher. So the district decided to use video conferencing to link those students to an AP teacher in a larger school. And the project was a success. Great. We also received a grant to link high school students with their feeder schools. This is where I first encountered video conferencing Mm -hmm. because my principal asked at a faculty meeting who was interested in having the video conferencing equipment placed in their room. Well, none of us had any idea what the equipment was about (laughs) or video (laughs) conferencing, but I love technology. 
So I volunteered to place the equipment in my room without really realizing what I was getting into. In fact, I decided that I would have the equipment put in a storeroom. It would be out of the way and accessible whenever we might want to need, use it. And the next thing I knew, they came in with the equipment and I showed them where I wanted it put and they said, but what are you going to do with the camera and the microphone? And that was the first time I realized what I had gotten myself into. Oh my goodness. But needless to say, that was quite a while ago and my students soon came to love the video conferencing experience because we were contacted by people around the district and then around the state and around the country and even other places in the world. It was a wonderful experience. And it wasn't long before Broward County partnered with our local telephone company to use the E-rate monies to expand our video conferencing programs to place units in every single one of our schools. And today we have 500 units and a full conferencing services support team. That's incredible, and I, I, I haven't heard of another school district in the country that has that many units and using it that expansively. That's excellent. That's a real uh, credit to Broward County and yourself, some of the pioneers. What, what type of programming do you actually provide to students? We provide weekly programs, virtual field trips, and teacher training. Now, the weekly classes are taught by outstanding teachers who are at the top of their profession and they model these exemplary lessons for other teachers while they're instructing students. In fact, I teach 2,500 students a week. Usually each session has about six schools that attend, but sometimes there's two and three different teachers with their students at each school. Broward County offers 10 to 15 different weekly programs for elementary and middle school students. And then the virtual field trips are arranged through the distance learning department and they're made available to teachers through a website. These field trips are categorized according to grade level and they are activities available for pre-K right through high school. And now with the rising gas prices, more and more teacher training and district meetings are also being held via video conferencing. And I do have one exciting training opportunity that I wanted to tell you about. And this involves not only our school personnel, but also community educators. This is the Video Conference Integration Project. We call it VIP for short. And we're trying to make VIP teachers out of anyone who'd like to teach via video conferencing. These participants sign on for six hours of training. And this is hands-on training, usually at our Beacon Studio. And after this initial training, they're asked to do a five-minute presentation via video conferencing on their own for the rest of the session's participants. This is a little scary for them, <laughs> I bet. But they really need to understand that there is a lot that they have to prepare for when they're doing video conferencing. Most all of the teachers and the educators who come to us are very familiar with their content. It's using the equipment that they need experience. So what we do is after this initial training, we go out as the VIP instructors to their sites or their school and we give them individualized training and we help them 
and support them while they do their first video conferences for two or three schools. And we've had wonderful success. In fact, many of our VIP graduates have gone on to create their own weekly video conference classes. Oh, what a great idea. I know teachers' lives are crazy. It's so hard to work all day and even leaving the classroom during the day is difficult and no less before school or after school. How do you actually entice teachers to leave their classrooms and participate in, in video conferencing? Well, that is a challenge, but our best recruitment tool is the success of our video conference programs. Teachers who have enjoyed the video conference experience enlist their peers to join the classes. And then we also align our program content with the district curriculum. So school administrators know that they can count on our programming to be in alignment with what their mm -hmm. teachers are being asked to teach. And then many new teachers appreciate the extra help that these experienced video conference instructors can give to them. I'm sure there have been incredible challenges, though, in implementing the program, planning and implementing, especially in such a large and diverse school district. How have you addressed those challenges? There were many scheduling challenges, and there still are as our schools evolve and change their schedules. But we try to offer a variety of times and levels of instructions that will meet our population's needs. And we even make modifications to accommodate special needs children. I have some autistic children who participate in the video conference, and I have a, a wonderful story to relate. We were teaching pre-kindergarten and kindergarten students who just think that every television can hear and see them, so <laughs> they have no trouble with video conferencing. But I was going over the ABCs, very basic, and asking the students to repeat after me. And I received an email later that one of the autistic children for the first time in the classroom said the ABCs along with me. And that was a very rewarding experience for all of us. And it just shows that through video conferencing, we really can reach students who might not be reached in any other way. What an incredible story. Thank you for sharing that. Well, I'm sure there are a lot of support materials that participating teachers and students need to implement and participate in the program. What are those support materials and how difficult is it to get those support materials to and from schools and classrooms? Originally, we would send out packets with the papers and the lesson plans, any worksheets already printed up. But very quickly, we realized we were not going to be able to support that because there were just too many people. We reach over 5,000 students, the three teachers at the Broward County's public schools, and there were just too many students to try to run off all these materials. So we set up a website, and we upload all of the lesson plans. They're very detailed lesson plans, so we hope that any teacher might be able to replicate that lesson in his or her own classroom. And there's a variety of support materials there, including worksheets, student guides, sometimes puzzles. There's always websites and other follow-up activities that are listed. And teachers have this 
presented to them well ahead of a video conference. In fact, most of our programs are up there at the beginning of the school year. So sometimes teachers will download the entire year's worth of materials ahead of time. And that we find that very, very helpful. And this is really a partnership between the video conference instructor and the classroom teacher. Because what we instruct and what we teach, we ask the teacher then to bring this back into her own classroom and work with the students and then come back and share the results the following week. That's a good idea. I guess probably my, my last question, and I'm sure the audience would be interested in, in your suggestions of some pointers of how a teacher, a school district, could actually replicate Broward's video conferencing program. Well, of course, the first step is to purchase the video conference equipment. And there really are many grants available to assist in this effort. And I would say one of the first places to look is your local telephone company and see if they would support you like we did. The E-rate money is a good source that's still available in many, many communities. And next would come the content. Virtual field trips are a wonderful way to introduce students and their teachers to video conferencing. And it is not hard to schedule that because it's only a one-time event or a short series. However, the best use of the equipment that we found in Broward County comes from our own programming, which is tailored to meet the needs of our own student population. And this can be developed by media specialists, district personnel, or classroom teachers who just want to share their best practices. When a teacher looks at it that way, that she is just sharing something that she already does but does well, then it's not quite as frightening. And very often, as we have found, this can develop into a series. And that's how you can get started. And Broward County has found great success in meeting the needs of our large population and our very diverse population through video conferencing. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and your expertise with K-12 video conference program. I was hoping that you would share some contact information of how people could reach you if they needed more information and wanted to discuss different aspects of your program. Certainly, you can reach me through email. That's the best way. And it's enelson at beacon, B-E-C-O-N dot TV. Wonderful. Could you just repeat that again? Sure. E. Nelson, N-E-L-S-O-N, at Beacon, B-E-C-O-N dot TV. Thank you very much, Dr. Nelson Weaver, for taking the time to be with us today. This is Dr. Marilyn Gardner with the United States Distance Learning Association. And if you would like to reach me or find more information about USDLA, you can find us at www.usdla.org. Thank you very much, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States 
plus approximately 40 other countries. The Fischler School of Education and Human Services is dedicated to the enhancement and continuing support of teachers, administrators, trainers, and others working in related, helping professions throughout the world.